0: Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, let me invite you to come and be my guest one Sunday soon. Our service begins promptly at 10.30 a.m. If you aren't local, but let's say you're looking for a good church, in the meantime, you can always attend uh, c316.tv digitally uh, via our Sunday service stream. Uh, To learn more about the church, visit calvary316.tv. You can access our teaching media by checking out c316.tv, and you can watch on Sunday. Uh, Find our YouTube channel, subscribe. The easiest way is just go to calvary316.live. I hope wherever you're listening, or however you're listening, Whether you're listening on the air via one of our wonderful radio partners, this is a nationally syndicated radio show. Whether you're listening through our podcast, every episode of Outlaw Radio is podcasted on Apple, on Google, Spotify, uh, or if you happen to be watching uh, the live video, the recording of the show uh, on outlawradio.live, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, I do hope that you stay with me over the next hour as I seek to deconstruct the negative perception of Christians by boldly discussing today's relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. I ran across an article today, this morning, as a matter of fact, uh, posted by Rahim Nassam. He's a writer and editor for the National Pulse. And everything that he wrote about resonated with me, resonated, and was exactly what I've been thinking over the last few days. Now, let me kind of set this up for a moment. Maybe I've been watching too much Fox News. Maybe the criticism that I consume, uh, my news too much via social media. Uh, Maybe I'm overblowing what's actually happening on the streets. And maybe my perspective has been warped by narrative. Maybe. But I'll tell you, where I'm sitting right now, and that is the fact that what is happening in the streets of American cities that have been run generationally by Democrats, whether it's Chicago or Portland, Seattle, my own home city of Atlanta, whether it be New York City or random places like Kenosha, Wisconsin, the violence that's happening in the streets of America it's not just alarming to me as an american citizen it's not just grievous to me as a christian but i'll be i'll be real it ticks me off as a man to see innocent men and women being violently assaulted in the streets there there was a youtube video hit twitter of just this it was a scene somebody was across the street you see this, this, this elderly, older white man uh, with a green ball cap on. He's making his way uh, across the street. And you have this kind of behind angle of it. And you see this young African-American kid sneaking up behind him. Now, you can listen to the audio. The, the people recording are in on it. They're laughing. And this kid walks up, sneaks up behind. This man has no idea what's about to happen to him. And the kid takes a brick and smashes him in the back of the head, and you see the guy go limp and fall to the ground. I was so outraged. And then on the video, they're laughing, they're joking. You just hit an innocent man in the head with a brick, and you think that's funny? Yeah, Black Lives Matter, okay. Police brutality, things of that nature, all right. In what planet does it justify hitting an elderly man over the head with a brick It's a cowardly act. The man can't defend himself. The man doesn't even see it coming. And these punks on the other side of the video are laughing about it. The blatant disregard for human life. I tweeted out the video itself. Uh, You can find it if you go to uh, Zach underscore Adams on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle. You'll you'll find the video itself. I tweeted out uh, that that young man has no regard for human life. It's sickening. It's perverted and warped, demonic. And he should be arrested, charged with not just attempted murder, but a hate crime. They should throw and lock him up in jail for a while. But you see over and over and over again, Rand Paul and his wife getting assaulted outside of the White House as they're trying to make their way back to their hotel You have reports of this man in Portland who was hunted down by Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They pinpointed him. They isolated him. You can watch video of this. And they shot this man to death. The guy who shot him has been arrested twice, released on bail. As a matter of fact, even as we sit right now, rumor has it that Kamala Harris, the vice presidential nominee for the Democratic Party, that this organization that she was supporting and backing is actually who posted bail for this guy and he killed a young man just because he's with Trump, a Trump voter. And not just that, but then there's video in Portland, same night, getting word that this guy had been killed and the rally, the mob, BLM. On the streets, Megaphone recorded video. Said, hey, we just got word that the guy who just got shot was part of a, a Trump organization. And they all start cheering. They start cheering about the death of someone purely because he doesn't go along with the mob and has a different opinion. Uh, The the more and more information that we're getting about Kyle Rittenhouse, and I talked about him in our our previous episode, this young man in Kenosha, the lawyer was on Tucker Carlson the other night, um, and the narrative being spun by the media is is not connected with reality, and the fact that he's been charged with first degree intentional homicide is insanity. It's insanity. Some of the the misconceptions is that, well, how does a seventeen year old have an an, an AR fifteen? Well, in the state of Wisconsin, at seventeen you can you can purchase a firearm. Uh, Wisconsin's also a right a right to carry state. So the fact that he was carrying this out in the open for his own protection is completely legal there was a rumor circulating the internet that he had crossed over state lines with that firearm not true at all again you watch the video why was he down there we'll come to find out him and a group of friends were cleaning up graffiti at their school according to the story of the attorney when they got a call from one of the someone that was connected with them saying hey i need help I'm afraid that my business is going to get burned down tonight. And so they were going and guarding the business because the police had pulled back from the area. Again, just a crazy situation. But if you're like me, as, as a Christian, man, I see this. And, and, and what really ticks me off as a Christian, and if you're a woke Christian, you need to listen to me. You're discrediting yourself if you're supporting Black Lives Matter because you're not supporting who you think you are. Go to the Black Lives Matter website and just read their manifesto. There is no way that you can support Black Lives Matter and be a Christian. The two don't connect. BLM is a Marxist organization that hates your guts if you're a Christian. They don't support the nuclear family. They don't support uh, 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 men in their community. They don't support religion and the freedom of religious expression. These woke Christians that are, are trying to be part of the conversation by supporting BLM, you're discrediting yourself and you're aligning with a group of people that hate you and they will eat you the first opportunity that they get. You see, as a Christian, we need to stand up against all violence. If there's violence from the right, so be it. I haven't seen much of it. This violence from the left... Christians universally need to stand up and condemn it and the organizations that are fostering it and the politicians that are failing to condemn it. Joe Biden yesterday finally exited his basement. I don't know why he exited his basement, because he went to Pennsylvania to speak to literally an empty room. There were like six people there, which is a typical Joe Biden rally. You might as well stay in the basement. And for 13 minutes, he gave this speech trying to spin the violence in our streets as being Donald Trump's fault. No one is buying that. It would be like someone burning down my house and then I get arrested for it. Like, this is so blatantly obvious what's going on. As Christians, we need to stand up against this. We need to be vocal against this. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for racial unity. Racial unity will never happen from secular solutions. The only chance that we have of rec- racial reconciliation in our country is by people finding Jesus and being transformed and filled with God's Spirit so that we now have a greater commonality that supersends supersedes anything that might divide i'm going to take an episode probably next week and talk all about this again there are no there are no secular solutions to the problem of racism because racism is fundamentally a manifestation of a sin issue and the secular world won't even acknowledge that there is a sin issue so they can't ever produce a remedy the remedy bill de blasio well we need to tax the wealthy we need to redistribute the wealth that doesn't solve that doesn't solve racial problems because okay, you can take all the money from the, the, the wealthy people, give it all to the poor people, who then spend it, and it goes right back to the rich people. It's insanity. I was I was so grieved, and this is a little off topic, but but I'm gonna pivot here. I was so grieved. This past weekend they had, you know, the it was, I guess, the great anniversary of, of Martin Luther King, his his speech there at the Lincoln Memorial, there at the White House, the 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 National Mall. And so this being, I believe, the 60-year anniversary, I, don't quote me on the exact particulars, but there was thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people on the, the National Mall. There again, out in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, again, you know, not one word about social distancing, not one word about you know, wearing masks, not one word about COVID. You know, COVID's very particular that it only, it only manifests when Trump has a rally, and it never manifests in you know, anything else. You know, COVID—it's—it's a—it's a, an amazing disease. It'll only infect re, re, when Republicans protest, or when when churches gather and meet, and, and when when we have school. But you know, when we when we ride in the streets, when we protest in the streets, the, the, COVID takes a break because you know it understands the movement. It's insanity. What grieved me is I watched a little of this, and I was really kind of excited to hear. What Martin Luther King II had to say, the son of Martin Luther King Jr. And I was so grieved by what he said. He said, and I quote, that if you're looking for a savior, you need to look in the mirror. And I thought, well, that sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> like, guess what? If if you're looking for the government to be your savior they will always fail you. If you're looking for religion to be your savior, it will always fail you. If you're looking for a job to save you, it will fail you. If you're looking for a movement to save you, it will fail you. If you look for the police to save you, they will fail you. When it comes to saving and salvation, it's Jesus. (laughs) It's not you. You can look in the mirror, and you know who looks back at you? Not your savior, your problem. You are... Are your problem. And what you need is to be saved from you. This is not a reclamation project. It's tearing it down and replacing it with something entirely different. The world doesn't need more of Zach Adams. The world doesn't need more of you. The world needs more of Jesus Christ working through you and me. You see, that's why every day the Bible tells me I need to wake up and reckon myself dead. Paul would say, it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ Jesus who's living in me and working through me, because that's what the world needs. Every day, I need to look in the mirror and say, you've got to die. You are my problem. You're the problem in this world. But I need to be more like Jesus. I need to reflect Jesus. The world needs more of Jesus. You're not the savior. Jesus is the savior. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
1: One of the most important visions of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to challenge you to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on your own. The sad reality is many Christians fail to reflect Christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to the Outlaw Radio Show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church— It is our desire to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of Scripture and in the process learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today.
0: Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I want to just begin. We're going to get back to the topic at hand. But I want to begin by just kind of explaining to you. So maybe you're a fan of the Outlaw Radio Show. So you've been listening on the radio or maybe via our podcast, Apple Podcasting, Google, Spotify. Maybe you've even started watching uh, the recording, the video of the Outlaw Radio Show on our YouTube channel, which is outlawradio.live. But I want you to know if you're a fan of the Outlaw Radio Show, uh, this is not the only media in our portfolio. In fact, the Outlaw Radio Show began by being a two-minute devotional. Uh, If you go to our podcast, you can find them. Uh, We've recorded 50 two-minute devotionals about the grace of God. And maybe your radio station actually plays them a lot, too. Uh, Aside from that, so again, I pastor a church, Calvary 316, and everything that happens at our pulpit is taken by his productions, Josh Brown, and they produce it down to a 24-minute um, radio broadcast. And so our Bible teaching, my Bible teaching, my exposition of Scripture, is also um, aired across across the country, and uh, most of our radio partners. In fact, a lot of the stations that carry the Outlaw Radio show also carry Outlaw Radio, uh, our Sunday morning service, our broadcast. Um, again, we have produced... A ton of these things. It was really the second thing we started doing. If you go to the podcast, you can again find all of them. Uh, my entire series in Galatians, which is really the heart of the Outlaw Radio concept. Um, you can listen to my verse-by-verse study through Galatians. You can listen to my, my study through the book of Genesis. Uh, recently, uh, we've been releasing um, my study through uh, the book of Jonah. I titled the series, Resisting Grace. And so I just kind of wanted to let you know that in addition to the show, we've got these two-minute devotionals you can listen to. You can find them on the podcast as well as our Sunday morning Bible study. Again, it's only 24 minutes. Uh, They take the Bible study, produce them down into a couple episodes. Uh, Very cool stuff. Just check it out. So I'm talking about what's happening in the streets of America and how it ticks me off. It ticks me off as an American because I believe that this is an assault on something foundational about who we are. It's it's an assault on society. It's lawlessness. So as as an American citizen, lawlessness is just unacceptable. And it furthermore just grates on me to see the police demonized and then handicapped by these liberal democratic mayors and governors who are not letting these men do their job. They're not uh, letting them protect their community. I know several police officers, salt of the earth, great people. And they're great people for this reason. No one goes into law enforcement as like a vocation. Like, like you don't go into law enforcement because of the uh, incredible pay and benefits that you get. No, the, the men and women that go into the military, that go into the policing, they go into fire, like our public service, like they don't do it for the money. In a lot of ways, it's very similar to the calling of of pastoral ministry. It is a ministry. These people love their communities. They love the people in their communities, and they want to serve their communities. And the fact that they're not being allowed to do the very thing that they've signed up to do um, is, is, again, something that just grates on me. It's irritating. Because the police are equipped and have the ability to go into these communities Uh, and take care of the violence. We've seen that in New York City. We've seen that when we've had Republican mayors step in uh, like Rudy Giuliani. How quickly it reverts back when you have Bill de Blasio. My point is that you see what's happening in the streets. You see the violence. You see businesses. The craziest part of it all is Black Lives Matter claims to support black lives. Additionally, Antifa um, is out there doing wrecking mayhem under the 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 auspice of we're doing this to try to force change because of what's happening in black communities the problem is is that they're burning down black communities minority businesses are being shuttered people are losing their jobs not just have people suffered for months because of this pandemic but then they're finally starting to be able to reopen their businesses they're finally starting to 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 get normal like some type of normality back to their lives and then this stuff is happening the people that are claiming to represent them aren't which is why i tell you i'll say it again you are seeing huge swings in the polling within the african-american communities that are being burned and looted saying enough is enough and they are turning to donald trump again i think that there is a red wave on the horizon, which is why the Democrats, their entire convention, not one word about any of the the violence in the streets. You have these pundits on air saying, what violence in the streets? Their polling is telling them this is moving the needle. You heard Don Lemon on CNN uh, talk about it. Uh, Joe had to leave the basement uh, to have a speech about it. They're trying to pivot all of this to blame Donald Trump for the violence happening in democratic cities. Now, Here's the point. This is what I want to get to. And this returns back to this article that I read in the national pulse by Raheem Kassam. I think what's happening politically is a setup. I think it's a setup. I think they're trying to set Donald Trump up to do something that most Americans right now want him to do, but it would be a terrible mistake. Let me set this up a different way. One of the things that I have really come to appreciate about Donald Trump as our president is his support of what's known as federalism. So in America, we are not a democracy. A democracy is structured where you have a country, where each person has a vote, and every vote is weighed equally. Basically, a, a democracy is the majority rules. And then that therefore strips the rights of the minority. Even if it's a 51 to 49% swing, the majority controls everything. Democracy doesn't work. Again, if you read the Federalist Papers, you study the, the origins of how our government has been structured, our founders understood that as soon as 51% of the population realize that they can take the money of the other 49%, you become mob rule. We are not a democracy. It's one, one Republic in which we stand. We are a Republic meaning. Yes, we have, uh, we have votes, but, and we have a country, but we are the United States of America. So we are governed in two different uh, modes. Yes, we have the federal government. And the federal government has incredible power. Federal government is headed up by Donald Trump. The federal government is is then broken into two additional branches. Aside from the executive, you have uh, the judicial and the legislative. The legislative uh, then has you have the House and you have the Senate. All of this is kind of brilliantly structured for... The existence of there being checks and balances. Uh, so fundamentally within the House of Representatives, every state, based upon the census and the amount of people living in each state, is given a, a number of delegates they can send to the House of Representatives. And so each, each state, it's weighed differently. Larger states have more of a say in the House of Representatives than smaller states. Again, this is the house of the representatives of the people based upon how many people live within the states. The Senate, though, is set up differently. Every state has two senators, no matter how big or populous or how small. Every single state has representatives. What what it's structured to do is that the House of Representatives, they call it the people's house in the sense that it's more reflective of everyone in its totality. So yes, it's it's delegated by state, but it's, it's designed to reflect the masses. It's the representative of the people. So the whole United States gets broken down into smaller congressional districts. You have representatives. They go, they represent your smaller district. Bigger states, more smaller states, less. But in the Senate, the brilliance of it is that it's the state's representatives. And that's one of the things you've got to understand about senators. Senators... Really, they're elected by the people that live within their state, but their job is to represent the state and not necessarily their individual constituencies. So within the state, their whole intention is to represent the state. Now, checks and balances. Donald Trump's supposed to represent all of the people, the House, representatives, the Senate, states. But then all of this gets checked by... This federalist system that there is individual autonomy within within states, so that each state has kind of the freedom to operate the way that they want to. And, and there's a lot of things uh, across the spectrum from abortion law uh, to the way that uh, taxes operate. You know, most ta- most states have their own income tax. But then there are other states that don't have an income tax at all, like Texas or Florida. Within California, you have you have incredibly high state taxes, and they're democratic, they're liberal, they're left, so that they're free to kind of uh, do their own social policies and act their own uh, their own way of doing things. My point is that when it comes to policing in America, policing has always been uh, reserved to local municipalities, policing has always been uh, decentralized. So the federal government uh, has the responsibility of protecting the United States of America from foreign aggression, as well as domestic terrorists. That being said, when it comes to local policing of cities and counties, we elect local sheriffs, we have uh, police from our area, and it's controlled by that. What's happening, I believe, and we're going to unpack this in the second half of the show, is that what's going on in our streets, Donald Trump is respecting the way that federalism is structured. He has not sent in the military. He has not sent in the National Guard unless two conditions are met. He's asked by the governor, which is required, or what's being threatened is federal property, which then gives jurisdiction. We're going to pick all this up. Don't go anywhere. There's a big trap. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. The violence in the streets in some of our major
2: cities here in the United States is appalling, specifically this act of bricking that Pastor Zach is talking about today. Despicable, wicked, evil. There's no other words for it. Hey, don't go anywhere. Come back uh, for the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Does the democratic party want violence in the streets of america why here's zach with more on the outlaw radio show
0: welcome back to the outlaw radio show before we get back into what we're discussing just want to lay out some contact information uh, as always i mention this uh, it's our desire to hear from you the listening audience something that's uh, it's encouraging uh, if if one of the shows just blesses you or gets you to think in a new way, man, let us know. It'd be awesome. If there's something that said an opinion that I have that you're like, man, I totally disagree with that. Keep listening. Just let me know. And we'll talk about it on air. The audience, reach out to us. Our email address is info at outlawradio.org. Again, info at outlawradio.org. That comes directly to me. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. Uh, it's a great place. Uh, if you if you if you like our Facebook page, uh, when new content is being released, you'll be one of the first people to know it's know it's out there. Uh, in fact, uh, the video of the Outlaw Radio Show also streams uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, our Twitter, uh, we have the Outlaw Radio Twitter, which is uh, the handle is Radio underscore Outlaw. Uh, also, starting to just kind of let you guys know of my own. Um, Uh, Twitter handle, it's it's Zach underscore Adams. um, Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Adams. I'm a firm believer uh, that if you're a Zach that spells your name with a K, you're a fraud. Uh, If you're Zachary, uh, how do you just shorten Zachary and add a mysterious letter? Like, there's not a K in Zachary. So if you're going to shorten Zachary, you can't just add a K. You can go to a C. I think you're a little weird, but... And I understand Zach with an H isn't necessarily, it's not correct phonically. It's more like Zach, but Zach underscore Adams, our YouTube channel, outlawradio.live, easiest way to find it. If you do, man, be a subscriber, subscribe to it, Uh, like, comment, help us raise our profile. Again, we podcast every episode of the Outlaw Radio Show on Apple, Google, and Spotify, Spotify, Uh, It's kind of a growing platform. Check it out. And then you can find all of that information, links to all of that stuff uh, from our website, our main website, which is outlawradio.org. Again, outlawradio.org. I'm talking about what's going on in the streets and I think a trap that's being set by the Democrats. I honestly really do believe that the rioting that was taking place in the streets uh, in the name of a reaction to police brutality, which is maybe what it was for like two days, but there's no justification for bricking people in the street in daylight or burning businesses to the ground. David Dorn, the retired officer, black man himself, called to to go and protect a buddy's business, gets shot, executed in broad daylight. I mean, what's happening in the streets is appalling. And I really do believe that that what the Democrats wanted, like the end game, and that's what I'm trying to kind of unpack here, like the end game of all of this. I really do believe that they ignored it, they ignored it, they ignored it, the Democrats hoping that Donald Trump would send the military into the American cities, that his answer to what, what's happening would be an assault on federalism. Again, the way that the law is structured is that, policing is a local issue. Now, a governor when things get out of control can request the president to send in the National Guard. And we have seen that. Things got so bad in Minneapolis that that had to happen. In Kenosha, that's taken place. But the only way that can that can actually take place, the only way that that can happen, the only way it's legal is that the president has to be asked. Now, the issue is that these are Democratic governors who asking Trump to come in to help would be an admission of of their inability to deal with the problem on their own. Now, the other reason that the National Guard can be sent in unilaterally is if if there is federal property uh, that's being threatened, which we saw in Portland. So you did see in Portland uh, the National Guard being sent in, why? well they were protecting this courthouse this federal courthouse that's in portland that the rioters were wanting to burn to the ground apparently it's like a 230 million dollar building and trump rightly is like no you're not burning that down there's some law and order and yet we see some crazy things happening in other cities chicago seattle atlanta trump saying i'm here i'm ready all i need is an invitation And I respect that. I really do. I think that that shows a lot of uh, conviction um, and principle that Trump believes in the separation of power, that there is the role of the federal government and then there is the role of state government. Uh, Let me give you another example of this. You saw that demonstrated in the president's handling of the coronavirus, of this pandemic. You had pundits, you know, so Donald Trump has been accused of being a tyrant. The left has accused him of a monarch, being a monarch, wanting to be a king. Absolute authority. That moron that took over for Jon Stewart on The Daily Show. I watched a segment the other day where, where he said, he said, I was warning you that Trump wants to be like an African-style dictator. And this is how it, this is how it happens. no. Trump's been actually the opposite because every opportunity that he would have had to overextend his power and reach and authority, he has, in principle, refused to do so. With the coronavirus, they were trying to get Donald Trump, Fauci, the rest, a a national lockdown or a, a national mandate that everyone has to wear masks. And to his credit, Donald Trump resisted that inclination. Now the things that he could do, like for example, protect the United States from foreign influence. He shut down uh, travel uh, to and from China. He shut down travel to and from Europe. That was within his scope as president to handle. He's able to cut through a lot of red tape, able to you know, enact the War Powers Act to get ventilators created. There's a lot that the president could do, but he left big decisions to the states. And why? He did that because every state is different. Like, for example, issuing this mandate that everyone outdoors has to wear a mask, which is, by the way, what, what, what Biden and Cam- Camilla Harris are saying that they'll do when they're elected. Now, just for a moment, they're not going to take office until the end of January. And yet they're already saying here in September that the first priority that they're going to have is issuing a federal mask mandate. Well, what if there's a, 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 a vaccine by then? You're already saying like, wait a second, you say we're going to let the science dictate what we're doing. But they're already telling you that come the end of January, they will be their first priority is a national mask mandate that if you're outdoors, you've got to wear a mask. Like, how is that scientific? What if there's a vaccine? What if the coronavirus is gone? It tells, you, it tells you that this whole mask thing is not about science or health. It's about power and control. I'll talk about that more at another time, but that gets my goad. But the truth is a national mask mandate, one policy across the board, across the spectrum, it, it's, it's just stupid. And here's why. Okay, I, I, I can reason that in New York City, a place that is one of the most highly dense, densely populated areas in the world, where most people don't own cars and rely on public transportation, where people are living on top of each other, where most people use elevators to get to their floor and down to the, to the ground. And it's such, a, such a, a, a dynamic, I could see why it, it might be prudent to wear masks. You see that, by the way, in Asia. But explain to me how that's applicable to me. I live in a rural area of Georgia. Like, I don't, like, I, I take my truck to and from where I go. I go to Home Depot, and I'm never, I'm never around anyone. Like, we go to the ballpark, and people are pretty socially distanced. Like, explain to me how a, a, a mask mandate, that everyone in the country has to wear a mask if they're outside, how that applies to somebody in Wyoming or North Dakota or out in the countryside of New Mexico. Again, that's that's what makes such a policy just stupid and unscientific because it doesn't take into account uh, every state's different. Uh, In my state, could I see some logic to wearing a mask if you lived in downtown Atlanta? Sure. Still completely different than, than where I do. So within our state, while people are trying to push Brian Kemp to have a mask mandate For the whole state, he recognized, hey, every state's different. Every county in the state of Georgia is different. So you can't just enact a universal policy that is applicable to every single dynamic. That's just silly. So Brian Kemp kind of left things uh, to individual people to make the decisions. So Donald Trump has, has been real wise and principled when it came to how he handled the coronavirus. He didn't overstep his authority as the President of the United States, and he empowered local states and supported local states to enact the policies that they wanted to, to the point that we've seen crazy things happening in California. But Donald Trump has been, been very reserved to overstep his bounds and tell the state of California what they can and can't do. He's issued uh, some scathing uh, critiques, but he's been very reserved, consistent. Every state, hey, you elected your leaders, your leaders should lead. And he's resisted a federal response to local solutions. Don't go anywhere. We're going to continue this thought, wrap it up more with the Outlaw Radio Show
3: did you know beyond the unique content of the outlaw radio show pastor zach adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free if you love to study the bible we encourage you to check out c316.tv currently pastor zach is teaching verse by verse through the gospel of john but c316.tv also has video audio and sermon notes for the gospel of mark the Book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. With over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts, c316.tv
0: is a must visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I'm talking about federalism and what I think is a big, big trap being, being laid for the president. Again, I've mentioned this article in the National Pulse. The title of the article is over one in four United States presidents have used the Insurrection Act. Now, President Trump should too. Now, the thesis by a guy I like, Raheem Kassam, is that the violence in the streets of America is moving the political needle. Like it is showing up in the polls and it is quickly rising to a big concern. Like law and order, safety and stability is something that people care about. Minorities care about it because they live in these communities. Suburban white women care about it because they have kids. Latinos care about it because again they're being affected in these type of minority communities that are often blue the idea and the thesis of this is that yes president trump has been wise in the sense that he's been constitutional not just in his approach with coronavirus there being a federal response but but leaving things to a, to the state level the local level not issuing a, a, a you know a cookie cutter you know one one kind of a policy, shutting down universally uh, all of the economy of the country, um, letting local states do that, letting local states giving guidance, but letting local states decide when to reopen, encouraging states to reopen, but letting states make the decisions that they want to on their own time, empowering governors. I appreciate that the division of power, the checks and balances. We've got the federal government, but we have states. We are the United States of America, and states should have power and influence. And so, uh, his response to this pandemic has, has been to keep the feds in their proper lane and allow states to also have power. Now, when it comes to the violence in the streets, Donald Trump is also taking the same constitutional approach, respecting federalism. He's more than willing to send in the National Guard, but he has to be invited. He has to be invited by a governor. Now, we have these blue state governors that are refusing to do so. If it's a federal building, he can act unilaterally. Now, the, the one thing that circumvents all of this, and again, this is the thesis of this particular article, is you have this, this thing called the Insurrection Act, which was originally signed into law by Thomas Jefferson in 1807. And it provides Donald Trump the ability to tackle any clear attempts at insurrection that's taking place within any part of the United States. And in fact, 12 United States presidents have sent the military into cities using the Insurrection Act from Jefferson himself to JFK to George H.W. Bush during the LA, the Los Angeles riots uh, in the early 90s. The idea is that this is, this is trending Uh, This is showing up in polls, which is why you now get the Democrats no longer saying it doesn't exist, it's not happening, to now blaming Trump for it, which happened overnight. This weekend, what riots, what violence? These are peaceful protests. To Joe Biden has to leave his bunker and give a speech condemning the violence and blaming Trump, which is, again, Looney Tune. But the idea is that the Democrats are trying to bait Donald Trump into enacting a federal response using the Insurrection Act to the violence in the streets because they believe that military presence in the cities is not going to pull well. Now, I actually disagree with that. I think it'll pull fine. I think people are so, and this is where I do agree uh, with Rahim Kassam, people want to see this stuff end. And people are ready to see extreme measures taken. Enough is enough. And if Donald Trump has to, has to enact the Insurrection Act to send the military into the, the, these cities to put an end to the violence, people will be okay with that. In fact, it'll get Donald Trump reelected. But this is what makes it dangerous. Donald Trump employing a federal response to the failure of local municipalities. And don't forget, policing... Is local. my county, I vote for Sheriff Joe Chapman. There's local policing. They live in the community. They're elected. They hire their deputies. Policing is local, and it keeps it local so that there's accountability for it. They have the pulse of the community. The dream of the Democratic Party, their dream, is to erode states' rights and enact a federal police force. You saw rumors of this back during the Ferguson riots. But again, Obama couldn't find a justification for doing it. But this is the goal. The liberals want to remove policing from local communities or states, and they want to make it under the control of the federal government. Because Donald Trump, even if he wins there'll come a day that the Democrats are, once again, back in the White House. And if the police force of America is placed under the direct jurisdiction of the federal government as basically another branch of the military, then you have completely stripped the state's ability to be autonomous. You remove a core building block of federalism eroding the state's ability to govern themselves because now the states no longer have the police power. Again, I completely understand. I am so ready for Donald Trump to sit in the military and put an end to this nonsense. But I'm afraid that if he does this, and in turn, this slippery slope begins where policing falls under the auspice of the federal government and no longer is controlled locally, but they get their mandates from on high. The very thing that we see happening in liberal run cities with liberal democratic governors where they hand string uh, the police and they demonize the police and they defund the police. Allowing this violence to happen, they will have the ability to do that, not just in blue states, but also in red states, not just in blue cities but red cities, they'll make sure that the anarchy can be universal and not just located in, in, in their cities and towns. This is how, by the way, like if you study the rise of, of Hitler and the Nazis in Germany in the 30s, one of, the, one of the, the things that took place that just led this slippery slope is when They were able to federalize the policing. They became the brown shirts. And thus the police were now under the control of the Nazi party. That's how you get the Gestapo. Donald Trump needs to resist this urge. And if he's got to enact the Insurrection Act, he should do so very uh, judiciously. And then he should pull them back because we cannot set this precedent. Anyway, I hope you found that interesting. I had to get that off my chest. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show, if you liked what you heard, I want to encourage you to contact your local Christian radio station and tell them that you're thankful that they're carrying Outlaw Radio, the Outlaw Radio Show, in your community. If you're listening on the radio or on the podcast, whether it be on, on Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, please take a second and also check out Outlaw Radio Dot live, Subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel. Uh, I really do mean it when I say we'd love to hear from you. Uh, questions, feedback, testimonials, critiques, the more the merrier. To easily access all of our contact information, email info at outlawradio.org, facebook.com slash outlaw or Twitter, uh, handle at radio underscore outlaw, or at Zach underscore adams you can get all that information by visiting outlawradio.org as as always special thanks to dj dust for the incredible music that we have on our show Uh, also a sincere thanks to my partner in crime mr josh brown as well as his incredible staff at his productions once again my name is zach adams I hope you join me this time again next week for more of the outlaw radio show
2: You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio Podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.